people, you of all beings in this universe, know that uh, I need to apply these words that you've given me today to my own life as well. Have mercy on us and lead us to do the things that your word tells us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Today I am calling upon us to discuss or think about really a serious question. And in doing this, I want to possibly challenge about 15, 1600 years of church tradition. Yeah. And the serious question is this are sermons for the birds? Our sermons for the birds. Here, let me show you a little bit of what I mean, if we can have the first slide. Here we have just another typical Sunday sermon. The pastor's prepared, the congregation's ready. And, okay, let's see the next one. This is a nicer church, but the same scenario. Okay, and here you have a higher churchman. <laughs> Delivering the sermon to the congregation. Okay, are we do about that. This has been the model of the church service in the West for at least the last fifteen hundred years. You come hungry and empty, and the priest or the pastor will fill you up. I call this the baby bird model or the, the BBM of the church. It's been especially dominant in established churches with, claim, with trained clergy, with the professional clergy. And this model has led to at least a few people in every church I have ever been in at any time in my life saying, I just don't feel fed anymore here. And we all kind of sanctimoniously say, oh, poor baby, I'm so sad about that. But is this the biblical model of what God meant the church to be? No, it's not. So how is the church supposed to look? How is the pastor supposed to interact with the congregation? You know, one of the classic images is uh, the shepherd, right? And it's even a classic image for God, the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. He leadeth me, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. And the shepherd protects the sheep. But what about feeding? The psalmist doesn't mention the feeding. Do you see the shepherd hand feeding the sheep? It may happen every once in a while, but it's kind of rare. You see, sheep feed themselves. The shepherd leads them to where they can find good food. But he doesn't hand them fistfuls of grass and say, here, munch on this. It's not the BBM model of the church, the baby bird model. Instead, well, domestic sheep, as you probably know, are not exactly the brightest creatures under the sun, but they do feed themselves. 
So how does the church function in Scripture? Do we all follow the Western tradition and just sit with our mouths open like baby birds and say, Brooke, Larry, Charles, whomever, feed us, we're hungry. Or do we take some time to feed on the Word of God ourselves? Do we take some time to spend time with Him? Look at me at, uh, with 1 Corinthians this morning, in 1 Corinthians 14, 26. Paul writes to that church, What then shall we say, brothers? When you come together, everyone, everyone has a hymn or word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. And all of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. Everyone has. That is definitely not the BBM, the baby bird model of the church. That's something totally different. When the church in Corinth gathered together, they were not at all following the baby bird model. They were coming to the church. They were not coming to the church empty, waiting to be fed. They were coming to the church full of the Holy Spirit, overflowing with what God was doing in their lives, and longing to share that with one another, to minister to one another, to tell them what God was doing in their lives and their hearts, how He was changing things for them and in them and through them. And that's coming full. Men and women, women gathered together and they shared new hymns that God had given to them. People came with prophecies, with poignant messages from God on their lips. People came eager to share with other believers what God had shown them through personal study, through reflection, through the Spirit speaking to their hearts. Men and women came overflowing publicly with what God had ministered to them privately. A normal, healthy, spiritual life is this constant going back and forth between time alone with God and time together with other believers in the presence of God. And it takes both. You cannot live and develop as a Christian apart from a relationship with other believers. And you cannot have a truly effective, powerful relationship with other believers if God's not speaking to you in private, if you're not waiting on His Word and listening. We have to have both. Now, you should know, and many of you do know, that the church in Corinth is more than just a little messed up. And through these letters, Paul is trying to fix them. But Paul does not say that what they were doing needed to be stopped. He said that what they were doing needed to have some order applied to it so it didn't look and sound like chaos. But he affirmed what they were doing and actually had them do more of it, but do it in the sense of building up the church and doing it with a sense of order. Come full. Come overflowing. Come to bless one another and not just with our mouths open waiting to be fed. Come to give. Then you won't go away saying, I'm just not fed here. Who have you been feeding here? Did you come full before you came? So more than anything else, what I want us to see today is that they didn't come to church. They didn't come to the assembly of the believers empty. Neither should we. 
Now, they were coming to church full and they ministered to each other out of the overflow of what God was doing in their lives, what the Spirit was speaking to them in the private moments. And Paul encourages them to keep it up, only he wants them to do it with less confusion, with more order. Okay. All right, some of you might ask, was that just the church in Corinth? Could it be that there are other churches more like the baby bird model that you saw earlier? Well, no. A classic image of the, of the church in Scripture is that we are the body of Christ. And listen to the Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Rome. I'm reading from Romans 12, beginning with verse 4. Just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, ouch, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If he is showing mercy, if it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. It's not just believing, folks. Believing central, but it's also the doing. And to do, we have to come full. We have to come filled with the Spirit of Christ. The message here is that each one of us needs to know our spiritual gifts and to actually use our spiritual gifts when we gather together. When we gather together as a church, as the body of Christ. Rather than coming together empty, all right, I'm here, fill me if you can. Come to church full, ready to give, ready to share, ready to bless, ready to praise, ready to overflow. Let us come able to use the spiritual gift that God has given us, or gifts, for the benefit of the rest of the body, the body of Christ and the kingdom of God. Or consider this passage written to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians 5, 19 and 20. Speak to one another. Wait for the preacher to speak to you. No, speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see it? When we come together as the church, we come already full, already overflowing, ready to share with one another what the Spirit of God is doing in our lives and in our hearts. And consider this passage written to the church in Colossae. Colossians 3.16 Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonister one, admon, excuse me, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, as you sing psalms and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. That's not written to pastors. That was not written to shepherds. It was written to sheep, to all of us.
we come full. We come overflowing. And we overflow into each other's lives. And when we do that, wow. Definitely not the BBM, the baby bird model of the church. Consider this, these words to the church in Thessalonica. Again, this is not just Corinth. This is the church of Christ. This is the body of Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with Him. Therefore, encourage one another. Wait for the pastor to encourage you. No, encourage one another. And build each other up, just as in fact you are already doing. Just as in fact you are already doing. Again, it's not the BBM, not the baby bird model of the church. It's not just the work of the pastor that Scripture is describing. It's the work of the church, of the saints, the sheep, to minister to each other. And also consider these words from the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Again, not the BBM. Not the baby bird model. You see, when we gather together as the church, it's not to be a gathering together of our emptiness like a bunch of empty gas cans waiting to be filled at the filling station. It's a gathering of our fullness in Christ. A gathering of blessing and a gathering of power in the Holy Spirit. At least that's what He desires. So some will understandably ask, okay, what then is the role of the preacher? Fair question. After all, I am preaching to you, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, there is a biblical role, a biblical model for the preacher, even if we do reject the baby bird model of the church. After all, all of these churches that Paul is writing to had pastors. They had apostles, they had evangelists, they had teachers. And they were all part of that body of Christ, using the gifts that God had given them. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, It was He who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up. And their purpose of Brooke, the purpose of all the people and staff, is to help build up the body of Christ. Just like your task, among others, is to help build up the body of Christ. As you speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Second Timothy 4.2 Paul tells Timothy to preach the Word, to be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience, careful instruction. 
Ephesians, uh, rather, rather, Acts 6, verse 3, the apostles have been distracted from doing their normal things to taking care of widows, and they call everybody together, and this is the, the first of deacons being established. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over them and give our attention to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. So, yes, there's a role for pastors. There's a role for priests. So what then is an, an apostle's calling and task? What is a pastor's calling and task? It's prayer and the ministry of the Word. So am I contradicting myself? Which model is it here? Is the, the BBM model valid? Or is it we all self-feed? And Well, it, it's both, really, guys. Think for a moment about our food analogy. And you know we have done this with some of the, the potluck suppers we've had. We will say, okay, y'all come. The church will provide the ham. The church will provide the roast beef, whatever it may be. Everybody bring a side dish. I think that's the image of our worship service. The main speaker is going to bring the main course, but you all come with something in hand to share with one another, a salad, a, a vegetable, a dessert, something to complement, something to help fulfill the main message of the sermon, the main teaching of the Sunday. Like that potluck supper, if we can, we should come with our hands and our hearts full because we want to share some of what God has done in our lives with our brothers and sisters to encourage, to feed, to build up them. That's God's heart for us. It should be our heart for each other. Now, sometimes, I know, I get this, I have been there. Sometimes life has caused us to be empty. And maybe some of you have said, well, I'm not going to go to the potluck supper. I didn't have time to cook anything. Sometimes life makes us empty. I get that. Come anyway. Come anyway. But when it's within your power, when it's within your ability, come full. Come with something to share. Come with something to bless your brothers and sisters that day. Just imagine with me for a moment how that might be. Imagine this. What if in every quiet moment of the church service, each one of us is listening, tuned in very deeply for what God might want us to tell us privately to speak publicly? Waiting on Him to say, Lord, are You wanting to speak through me today to my brothers and sisters? What if in the breakfast time before the service or in the snack time after the service we were so overflowing with what God was doing that we couldn't wait to share it with somebody? And the talk wasn't just about football, wasn't just about families, but also about what God was doing in our hearts. I've seen that before. Unfortunately, it's kind of rare. But it happens. God can do that if we let Him. And it is so energizing, it is so encouraging, it is so charging that you just want to participate in it. I well remember hearing one of my friends when I'm back in my college days shouting a couple hundred yards across campus, Larry, let me tell you what a great quiet time I had today. 
What if we did that? Let me tell you what God was sharing with me just this morning. That is so cool. Look at this. Let me tell you what happened in my prayer time. Yeah. How would that change our lives together if we came full to overflowing every day? Brooke has shared with us the concept of go love together. And part of this coming together full is love for one another. And part of this coming together full is being together in Christ, isn't it? Also consider this, that much of what I've shared with you this morning from God's Word is more easily done in a small group, isn't it? It just is. Years ago, I heard one of the pioneers of the the modern small group concept saying that if you really want to know your spiritual gifts, get involved in a small group. Participate. Share. And after a month or two, you can ask them what your spiritual gifts are. And they'll be able to tell you. Because they will have seen you use those gifts. You won't have to guess because they'll know. And you know what? I have always found that to be true, wherever I've been. In a small group, you can test your gifts. You can develop them with people that you've gotten to know, people that you trust, and they trust and love you. And they want to see you grow in Christ and grow in the use of your gifts. So if you screw up royally, it'll be okay. They'll love you anyhow. It's only five or six people, ten at the most. And they'll be doing the same thing. And you get to learn what God's doing in your heart and what's God doing in the heart of your brothers and sisters. And you can really, literally feed one another as God has fed you. The church of God. Saints of God, you who are deeply loved by your Heavenly Father, what I want you to take away today more than anything else is this. As much as it's within your power, don't come to church empty. Come to church full. Spend time with God in the morning before you come. Spend time praising Him. Before you come, I know it's hard, especially if you've got small kids. It, it's, it's tough. But it's worth it. Before we come to church publicly, we need to spend time with God's Word, spend time in God's presence privately, so that He can fill us up. And we've got something to give something to share, something to bless one another with out of the abundance of what He he pours into us. And if we can do this, if we can do this in, in sizable numbers, we will begin to see God move in our midst with a power that will stun and astound us. Strive. Strive to come full. God will bless.